welcome to episode 269 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Well, hello there, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. It's, um, we're recording the show in my place. It's 5.05 on Saturday, and uh, it is a beautiful day. Um, you've had a hell of a time getting over here because there was actually a football game in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it turned out to be not quite as bad as I thought. I, it was kind of a kind of a cluster of cars in Old Town, and I just had forgot there might be a game and got stuck for a you little while. You just happened to be right in the middle of it. Yeah, something, no big deal. So uh, so we got the TZ Summit next weekend. Texting Summit. It's, it's, it's upon us very, very soon. <laughs> um, so I went with Sandy. We walked around Old Town. I went into uh, a bunch of different restaurants to see if we could get reservations and see what kind of tables and areas we could reserve. And uh, I think we got most of the restaurants picked out Great. And, and reserved. So we're going to do this Italian restaurant, Ceriso, on Friday night. Nice. That's a good introduction. Yeah, you know, because it's, it's kind of it's a nice environment. We got a whole little area with tables that were just ourselves. And uh, it's be, I think it'll be 18 of us. Okay. And um, and they have like, a, there's like a, bar, a cool kind of bar area so people can kind of hang out and have like tapas and just for like maybe for an hour beforehand and then we can That'll be nice, that. yeah. So it, it'll be good. And then... Um, then we got breakfast at what's that place you like? Oh, I can't Le pronounce Pan it. Côte d'Ain. Great, that's where we're having breakfast. It's, it's a your great, favorite great place. French place. It's it's very it's it's so European. You can't even get Coke there. Yeah, but you can have like um, you know Belgian waffle and eggs. Oh yeah, you so got, people oh, like me who are, who are so people like me who are a little on the uh, simpler have simpler tastes. Yeah, will be fine. Oh, no, it works well for um, for simple tasted people and the uh, fancy foodies like you will be content <laughs> as well. Yeah. And and then um. Uh, lunch, I, I'm, I'm still deciding we might, might do like BJ's, which mm-hmm. it's a chain, but it's really nice. And if it's, it's, this is on the Saturday. No, this would be Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Now, uh, is that going to be pre or post the, the live text? Well, I, I, I think we should talk about that. Um, well, let me go to the restaurants first and we'll talk about the, uh, live recording concept. Sure. Okay. So then for dinner, I'm pretty sure it'll be sushi, uh, sushi Roku, which is a really nice kind of high end sushi place right in the center of old town. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday morning, we'll have breakfast at Cheesecake Factory. It was a hell of a time finding places where you could actually have breakfast in Old Town. With a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple places like we go to Russell's, but then we could have at most 12 people sitting together. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. So I'm just kind of playing off. And then maybe go to the Argentinian place for, for late Sunday lunch or something. We could have split into two groups at Russell's. Maybe they'd be like the... The entrepreneurial group and the scientific group. Oh, Justin versus Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. Well, we can. Um, I, I, I was going to nail those down today. Maybe we can kind of talk about it a little yeah. bit. And, um, but so I uh, think about the live recording. The question is, how the hell are you going to get everyone over here? I, I mean, mean the, the whole point of having Old Town is that we just everybody can walk and everybody's, everybody's going to be parked and walked over there. It's not, not everybody's going to have a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can have everybody. It's like, where do you live? How do I get there? And now it's just this big logistical pain in the ass. Everybody finding your place. Well, though, I guess the recording could be um, in in a cafe. I mean, I, and I probably can't. We've already discovered that that doesn't work very well. You have to kind of yell at each other. Um, what, what if you just did it? What if you just had it uh, sort of like a omnidirectional mic and it could just capture conversations throughout the weekend and then you can just kind of cut together some of the more interesting things? Yeah, it could work. Just I mean, pass around this thing. I'm also worried too that it's like people are gonna need a break, right? And especially the amount that we we go on. Yeah, I mean, at some point people might be like, "Okay, I need a, 
<laughs> you know, we're going to run out of material. I, I don't know. Um, I doubt that. But, I honestly doubt that, but <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, maybe. But uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm a little concerned about the logistical. But I mean, we've already we've already done it a couple of times. You know, we already had like a live studio audience of one a few times. There was never any issue. Um, I can only imagine that it would be um, like a more of an electrical, you know, electrified atmosphere. So are you talking about like when we if we I, I, see? I'm I'm only concerned about. I'm mostly just concerned about the logistics of getting everybody over here and that being that kind of a pain. You know. Uber, um, Uber. Like I said, it's it's you're talking 18 people. Yeah, we're gonna get 18 people over to your place. It's just like, you know, whenever you try and move a big group of people, there's all this inertia and confusion. And what are we doing? And where are we going? That's why you have to have a keep it real simple. I don't know if you've had spent any time organizing groups of people and getting them to move from A to B. The the slightest complication or confusion, or uncertainty turns into just. And, and well, I, I screw up. One thing that has to be said is the A to B isn't very far, as in you could literally walk it in five minutes. But um, I mean, yeah, if that's how you feel. I mean, you're, you know, you, you seem to be organizing the schedule. So, well, I mean, it's it's not a five minute walk. It's more like a 15 minute walk and it's going to be 95 degrees outside. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not so sure. Be, I have my four doubts. Ubers. That it's, what's that? Would it be five Ubers? Five, yeah, that's that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's just yeah. A, that's just a non. All right, well, I don't know. Okay, just no sounds to me. Sure. It sounds to me like a pain in the ass is what it sounds like. But I mean, you know, if we really, really have your artists. I don't. We can do it. But I'm just telling you, don't be surprised if there's like 45 minutes of like, where do those guys go? Where did everybody go? They're supposed to be here. They were just behind us. Wait, are <laughs> these guys aren't coming? Oh, they decided not to go. You know, it's like, okay, I guess we'll start anyway. You know, and then people show up 15 minutes later. Like that's what will happen. Okay, <laughs> I can tell you, it's just been my experience every time. So like. You know, I've talked about how I ran uh, that soccer team of mine, that men's soccer team for 10, I guess I'm still running it, but there's a real 10-year period where we were really serious. And we go to these tournaments in Las Vegas or San Francisco or San Diego and getting everybody to go, okay, we're going to this restaurant at this time, you know, because you would stay for the whole weekend and we'd have, we tried to get together. And it was always like a giant (laughs) Well, so, so you, um, You've been organizing the schedule. Do you have like a little um, printout of like times or anything like I'm gonna that? I'm going to send all that out. It'll have right. the times, the restaurants, the address, a, a link to the website so you can look at the menu beforehand. You know, just it'll have everything. And then yeah. along with that, I'll have a list of um, the proposed topics and links to background for anybody who wants to kind of read up and get some ideas and that's so, it, I mean, it's amazing that in a regular conference, people actually turn up on time. I mean, it's... What do you mean? Well, well, by what you're saying, people just, they just can't get it together to turn up somewhere on time. So, you're skeptical what I'm saying is true? <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling I'm you. That you're, if, you're, you're, if you I, have a printed piece of paper and like the group of people are, are here to be with us for a weekend and there's a printed piece of paper and it says, be here at 10, oh, no. just like a regular- See, listen, listen. A regular- listen. <laughs> when people are at a conference, they're in a single hotel. Right, okay, right. They're at a single location. They go up to the room, they come back down to the conference hall. They go oh, up to the room, okay. they that's, come to the conference hall. That's hall. the difference. Now it's like- now we've got everybody centered in Old Town, and there's like a two-block radius. Right. Get your ass to Old Town. Either stay at the hotel that's a block and a half away, or drive, if you're in the area, drive and park. You're good for the entire day. We go from one restaurant to cafe, restaurant. All you have to do is walk two blocks. Yeah. Okay? Now you're saying, I live a mile and a half 
up around. Well, you got to go up the street. You got to turn. You got to go it around here. It is in the bottom And it's further than people are going to want to walk. Right. So it's, it's like less than two minutes in a car. No, it's not less than two minutes in a car. I just drove <laughs> it. It's great, not less than two. But I'm just is, telling you. I'm telling you. It's you drove there like, in the middle of like massive traffic. No, it, it doesn't take me two minutes to get here. <laughs> no, from Old Town. No, like a, I walk to Old Town. It yeah, takes me five yeah, minutes. But I'm just saying, it doesn't take you five. It takes you probably twelve to fifteen minutes. It seems like five minutes when you say, oh, it'll take you five minutes. But literally, if I put a stopwatch in time, it would not take you five minutes. It would take uh, you five minutes to get to to you did to uh well you know walnut and, and you're talking about the edge you're talking old you know and anyway, uh, okay. the bottom line okay. is the bottom line is <laughs> it's you're introducing logistical complexity and you're expecting people to jump through these extra hoops and it's just going to be kind of a pain we can do it but i'm just telling you that there will be some of the things i'm telling you about some people won't show up some people will be confused some people show up late some people i get to my hotel room first you know some gonna take their car it's just gonna be pain well i mean it's it would it, i mean on the plus side of not doing it, it would be a painful episode to edit because um, it's that three-track thing again where I have to kind of – I'd have to do a lot of work to get – Oh, so you don't want to do any work? I don't mind doing work. I'm just saying that like – I think that's it, what we're talking about. It would be a difficult one to edit. To edit. Um, so that that's the plus side for not doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, look, well, I tell you what, why don't we put it up to the vote? See what people think. See, that's exactly what you want. You want 18 people to vote on deciding, <laughs> hey, guys, where should we go eat lunch? <laughs> no, you have never organized a group of people that. before, have you? You have no idea what it's like to get a group of people doing things. Oh, look, there's, that's my son, Jack. Just walked in. Hi. Hey. Hey, Jack. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, is, that, is that your first time seeing him? Yeah. 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 yeah he's, he's strapping and handsome, isn't he? He as 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 far as baby goes, he's a strapping or handsome baby I've ever seen. You just you just got a two second glimpse of him right there, but yeah, he's he's a cool dude. <laughs> so anyway, right, so, hey, so, so but yeah, so I'm just saying this is great. The, like the, 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 the last it, thing you ever want to do <laughs> when you're trying to get a group of people to mobilize and do something efficiently is, is give them a bunch of options. That what that turns into is a total clusterfuck. Well. I meant like now online they could vote, but anyway. Yeah, I do it. You know what? You take over the plan for here on out. No, no. It's all you. No, go ahead. You have everyone to vote. Everybody can email in. Everybody can talk about it. Everybody can figure out what time they want to do stuff. Some people can drive. Make everything optional. You have a big debate on it for next week. It's up to you. It's all in your hands. Go for it. All right. It's going to work great. Okay, you've made a great point. Anyway, you and Sandy are the power couple who wanted to organize it. So no, no, I didn't, I didn't want to organize organize it because I knew you weren't going to do it. Okay, I would <laughs> I would have done it if you just said no. <laughs> of course, no. I've been working with you long enough to know <laughs> when nothing happens for two months. I know I'm doing it. <laughs> this is not going to happen. All right. So I was like, all right, I'll just do it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So what's 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 new with you? What's going on with disco? Oh, um, well, disco is going very nicely. I told I did I, I don't know did I say on the show that we've seen that it's a great tool to stop cart abandonment, to stop right. And you you kind of went on a pivot. Yeah, so we're you're, kind of you're, you're doing here. something a little different, and then you then Lance and uh, Joanna realized that it was better for cart abandonment than something just just it's just that like that's a really powerful thing that it can do so okay you know like when people are at this 
at the point where they're just about to click buy, they don't a lot of the time, right? There's just a lot of time when they just go, ah, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else. So what we, what we do is we basically offer them an incentive at that point, which is kind of discounts. And we just have a clever way of offering the discount. And you can see it if you go to trydisco.com, you can see what it is. And so basically just at that point when they're about to click buy and go away, and apparently it's like a pretty big percentage of people who just abandon at that point. So we kind of have this gamification idea of we'll give them this discount and they'll have this kind of gradually growing discount. Like if they answer one question, it's 5%. If they ask answer two, it's 10%. So by the time they've answered a few questions, they feel like they've kind of worked for it and earned it. Mm-hmm. And so now they're more likely to stay. And we've seen, you know, in, we've obviously, we've run limited tests, but in the tests that we've seen, it's made, you know, as much as 30% difference, 30% more sales. So you guys, you guys did, you back a few months ago, you were doing a lot of work. You got a lot of work done before Jack was born. Yeah. Then you stopped because... Well, I stopped because Jack's born. And then on their on their end of things, uh, Joanna was speaking at a couple of very big conferences and they, they went dark. They went dark. They went so dark. So now what's like, Are you guys still dark? Or have you, have, have you guys... No, we're, we've, we're connected again. We're good. It's You're all making good. progress again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because... Uh, the, uh, so the initial in the initial version... Um, to be really simple, they wanted it so that so that it was like pre-cut, pre-canned surveys. But as they went out to the marketplace, basically, it just seems to be an absolute minimum that people want to be able to complete to create completely custom surveys. Okay. So I had to rework. I had, I've had to rebuild it. Okay, you know, to do that, and obviously that's a different product than canned, which is much easier to make, right? Right. So yeah. So, uh, what's the what's the rollout for some paying customers or anything? Have any I'm th- I mean, I think we may have a, like paying customers in a month from now, kind of thing. You know, it's not we're not not going super fast once again because of uh, working with Digidoo and all the other work that I have to do, and having Jack and the rest of my life. It's just not going as fast as I want it to, but that's just the way life is, as you well know, Mister Ten Projects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, uh, no, things are going. Things are going great. Well, uh, speaking of, is your life a little more? Last time we last we haven't done a discussion show in like a month or six weeks or something. So, yeah, la- yeah, it's been about six weeks because we did we did a discussion show and then it was like two or three weeks later we did an interview with Gabriel Weinberg and then it was like another two weeks later we did it with uh, Dark Doug Doug McGuff, McGuff. Yeah, and then so the week. So it's been a long time. It so has. It's at fu- that time you were basically sleep deprived and. You know, on your oh, knees, yeah. and uh, but we've no, we've spoken since then, haven't we? No, no. I mean, we went out to lunch. Once. I mean, things are much. Oh yeah, that's probably what it is. We've been out to lunch a couple of times. So um, yeah, things are much better here. Like babies uh, sleeping through the night. Like George is getting seven hours sleep, kind of thing. Oh, okay, so you guys passed that. Fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, it's great. He's got to the point where he's beginning to do things. You know, like because I mean, really, you, I never really realized, but when you first have the baby, they just they do nothing. I told you that. No, I know. But, but you don't listen. You, uh, you just I said, don't, the baby's not going to do anything. You're just standing there looking at the baby. You just don't, like, acknowledge it until you really see it for yourself. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> the baby's just there. Yep, there's the baby. I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> they, they just kind of look past you. They look through you. They don't really see you. No, they're not. Right. They don't focus in on objects. But yeah. now, he totally, he totally looks at you. He smiles. He, like, he's just beginning to reach out and grab the things. So, that's very cool. Very cool. So, you got your life back a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, but you've been sleeping through the night for a while now. I've well, most of the time I've been sleeping through the night, but um, uh, it's I don't know. It still played a massive toll on me for some reason. Like it just made me very tired. I don't know. I can't even explain why. Just I having a baby in house. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's just such a different. 
different mindset, different shift, like, you know, having another human being to look after, that is, you know, you just, you're absolutely responsible for this other human being. And it's always in your mind. And yeah, it is. I wish you have two more. I'm going to have two more. Yeah. <laughs> Three more. <laughs> yeah, that's when it really hits. Well, yeah. It's so funny. You know, it's funny. It's like when you talk to people who and they have, um, like uh, when they, you know, someone gets out of college, like the first job and they're just exhausted, like, oh God, you know, like working eight <laughs> hours a day. You're like, whoa, wow, that's really tough, right? They're just like burnt out and blown out. I remember talking to this one guy I used to uh, work out with sometimes the gym and he had, he was just, I don't know, whatever. And he just, it took him months to, to adapt to yeah. working five days a week for eight, nine hours a week. Yeah, you just have to get used to it. Well, you know what it is? It's, it's that I do so much more now. Like I, don't, I never really used to do anything, but now I do like laundry washing like shopping going out driving around picking stuff up like it's it's incredible you don't just sit here on your computer no i do i do stuff emails and writing it's code. like it's it's amazing <laughs> you like, actually become a human being yeah pretty much an operative human being it's amazing yeah. <laughs> being a human being can be a little exhausting at times it is exhausting <laughs> <laughs> well now you wonder why you were having a hard time losing weight you didn't do anything you just sat right i don't eat much like well you just sit on the couch okay, I, mean, I don't know <laughs> all right listen um one but before we before we move on to anything else i just want to mention um that we need to salute the fallen heroes of the texting summit there are two fallen heroes glenn bennett and aaron knight who both could not make the date, but who both said we could have the money. Oh, really? Donated? Yeah, oh, that's now that's, really nice. yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. impressive. So, Glenn Bennett and Aaron Knight, thank you guys so much. Um, Do they get this, They get the super executive? They, well, they, I think they need. there needs to be like a title about the texting, like they, they, they're about the summit. They are the... I don't grand know. patrons well grand patrons seems almost not good enough like 250 bucks is that's a decent amount like <laughs> to be you know 500 between i mean they're like the super sponsors yeah sound like a super sponsor yeah so that's that's fantastic thank you so much um and i i think i don't know if i'm going to put the money towards the summit or whether i'm going to get you a new mic because your mic broke today well here here so here's the thing for the um the 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 plan for paying for all this so you know, we're going to have what, like uh, uh, two, five, six meals, right? And we're going to fairly nice places, right? So um, we want to make sure that, and, you know, people can have to eat and drink what they want. As soon as they're not ordering like $500 bottles of wine, you know, dinner, we should be able to, to cover it. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to put everything on my American Express, just pay for the whole damn thing, and then, you know, whatever whatever and then you know you'll pay me out of the paypal account whatever right that is and what do we have left over we can maybe get a new mic or something just out of curiosity if i had said to you i want to um plan the schedule hour by hour for this texting summit i wouldn't have believed uh, you would you would you have like been happy about that because i wouldn't have believed you right so there was <laughs> no point in asking right because you are the control i've known freak. you too long but you are the control <laughs> freak that there is just no point in offering that to because you're just you're just not happy with anything that isn't done your way. So what's the point? I, don't know. I just want it done right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Okay. Just so we got that clear. All right. Um, so, well, there's, there's loads to catch up on with you and what you've, what you've been doing. Like, I don't know how, do you want to do it in any particular order? No, no. I mean, how about the middle Valley code club? The mill Valley, mill Valley, MV code club. The $75,000 investment that you've made. <laughs> $75,000, right. Right, so, um, all right, so let's, let's talk. And, and again, I have to, um, 
uh, put a little disclaimer on it that it, I'm not the CEO. Right. I'm a, I'm more than an investor. I'm less than a partner. I'm kind of like a passive partner, right? I mean, I own 15% of the company. Doug and I talk anywhere from, I don't know, two to four times a week. Sometimes we talk, you know, an hour at a time, sometimes 15 minutes. He'll call me up and just said, hey, let me update you on this. Or, hey, let me tell you about this. Or, what do you think about this? And we'll talk. And at the end of the day, it's his decision. I'm like, hey, you know, whatever you want to do, this is what I think. But, hey, if you want to do it this other way, that's fine. Um, so, but what I, mainly what I'm getting at, it's not up to me to disclose certain things, right? I, you, know, you know, you and I do this. Sometimes we... Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't, We, you know, in terms of do the radical just transparency yeah, thing. Yeah, right. But it's not my call. Yeah. yeah. So, I get no. it. All right. So, I just want our listeners to... You not, know I understand yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm not talking to because you. Because that's how I've been about Digidoo. Like, the, I, I'm very close. You don't say about. anything. Right. But I, I feel like that has to be the case because otherwise, it, I feel like it's a strategic disadvantage, especially considering no one gave me the right to say anything. Yeah. Well, there's a strategic and then it's just talking out of school. Right. You know, it's not real. It's like when people talk about Uber. It's like, well, with Uber now, Uber is so big and there's so much going on and I'm not privy to a lot of stuff. Right. And people find out about it before I find out. People, our listeners know about it. They go, oh, did you hear about this? I'm like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we have fifteen hundred people there, so. Um, but even if I did know something, I'm not. You know, would be inappropriate for me to go on and start mouthing off, mouthing off about it on the show. So anyway, um, we opened our second location. That's cool. So, so back in June, when he first called me about raising money, and then I said, "Hey, let me just throw some money and invest." And and part of that whole discussion was like, you know, about opening a, a second location, and. And we, and we thought ideally if things could go well we could open it in the fall you know right after around the start of school which is exactly what we've done so it worked out just like we wanted to which never happens <laughs> you know you're always like well it would have fallen really that's opens sign. in that's February or something yeah. you know um, so we have a location in, uh, and so Mill Valley's in Marin um, which you know it, you know, it doesn't matter it's, it's right outside of uh, San Francisco isn't that supposed to be very pretty there beautiful gorgeous yeah. it's gorgeous it's very expensive area it's it's beautiful and um so they have we he had a first location in mill valley which is near right near where he lived and then um the new location is i don't know like five miles away or something like that in uh, bonaire mm-hmm. or green bray or something i don't know one of those place names and uh you know, but the thing is, I guess it's all dependent on the 101. So it's really hard for traffic wise for people to get up and down. So a lot of times it's not about distance, but it's just about time, <laughs> not physical distance, but time distance. And so a lot of families were up there and it was a pain for them to get down. And you knew there was a big cluster of neighborhoods and things. So we thought that would be a good location. Turns out it's worked out. So we opened up in a, in a big shopping area, kind of like a upscale shopping kind of place you'd see like a Whole Foods or something, mm. you know, really nice. Um, so it's easy parking and, and all that. And, um, yeah, we got six full-time people now. Mm. Six. Yeah. I'm only at four fingers and saying <laughs> six or your suggestions confused. <laughs> so, um, yeah, which is, which is great. We just hired a guy who's going to be the director of curriculum and his guy is just really sharp. Um, young guy, he's in his early twenties, but he's been teaching coding, um, and tutoring coding and math stuff for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. So he's been thinking about all this stuff for a, lo- a long time. He's run some coding camps and stuff during the summer. So he's um, he's just, uh, you know, he's kind of a wonderkind, you know. And uh, so he's going to basically revamp and really create the, the, the 
I would say the next generation of curriculum, but really it's the first generation. This generation, we have hundreds of lessons, but it's really kind of like instructors creating little quick little lessons that they needed. Like, oh, I taught this kid this thing in Scratch, or I taught this this little JavaScript thing, and they wrote up, they did some animated GIFs, and, and it was just kind, kind of... kind of the way that any startup would go. Like, you do your ad hoc stuff to begin with, and then you start scaling it, you know? Very ad hoc, very um, sort of discombobulated and everything like that. But it, it served its purpose. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, we need paths and we need levels and we need uh, you know all of these things we need much deeper content we need stuff for older kids you know uh, you know it's just it needs to be done at a much higher level and with much more depth and much more thought and everything yeah. and um so we brought him on to do that and he's you know we're both very uh optimistic that he's gonna do a great That's job great. he's um because he really has the passion for it i mean this yeah. is what he wanted wants to do yeah. and uh well, I don't. You, you can't. Well, you're kind of limited to what you can say. But one thing, if you've got six people, like, are you covering the cost of them, or is that coming out of investment? I mean, does it already covering those those costs? Yeah, we're. Well, I think we're probably we're going to be a little bit in the red for a month or two, but not too much. I mean, we okay. before we even opened the new location, we already had like 25 kids pre-signed oh, up. Great. So you've already got the cash flow coming in. That's this. I mean, it's. Classic. It's, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's going well, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna go down. You know, I mean, we're not gonna go down to zero, but we're not gonna have like three months of cash in the bank. I mean, we're gonna go. It's gonna cut into it for the next couple of months as we kind of, you know, you open a new location and it's operating costs are gonna be higher because you have to staff yeah. up. You have to get a bunch of computers. You got, you got. We had to pay like, you know, you had to pay like a few months security deposit. You got to buy all the tables and the headsets and the you know it's just stuff right yeah. i mean it's a and then higher you know so we we have to have two people per location we have like a we call a program coordinator for the location and then we have like a, a curriculum person for the location and then you have all your high school college age instructors you know it's, it's expensive and then what happens is that you staff more people than you have than you need because you don't want to have people walking in and you can't even deal with those new people mm-hmm. right yeah. you need more you need to overstaff and not understaff, and so it's well because it's a walk-in place, right? It's it's got a shop front. Well, it's it's not on the front. It, it is in a shopping center, but it's it's not on the front area. It's kind of off to the side. So, but okay. there will be people walking in that, that do have uh, walk in sometimes. Is there like a sign outside in the mall? There's so he's it. basically saying, "Come this way." Yeah. I'm not sure if it's up yet, but I know that's part of the lease agreement Great. or whatever. Yeah. But, um, so the other thing that's interesting is we've been talking a lot about um, whether we're going to grow through. Um, so there's three ways you can do it. You can bootstrap off your own cash flow, mm-hmm. or you know, there's the investment I put in, um, and then we just kind of use that as sort of like our cushion. And in addition, well, we use some of it, but some of it's a cushion, and then we just kind of go off our, our own growth rate. The next is you try and raise money um, with, through equity, and the third is debt. Now, what's interesting about the, the interesting about equity is that a lot, most of most of angel investors and VCs are really focused purely on mobile and cloud variations, hmm. right? And they, and especially if it's institutional, especially if it's a VC fund or for any kind of professional fund, because they raise money based on some thesis, like we are investing in this, yeah. right? And, and so if you're some pension fund or university endowment and you put money into this VC fund, well, there's the expectation they said we were going to invest in this category 
of companies. Mm-hmm. And if and if they invest in other types of companies, then even if they think it's a great bet, they they can't do it. It's difficult for them to yeah. pull it off. And and even if they want to, and they, a lot of times they just. You know, they, their mindset is kind of set. This is our thesis and the we're investing and we're going to invest in interesting ideas around this thesis. But of course, they're not all that. I mean, there are some that do differ, just saying. Differ? Yeah, just there are some that would, for example, invest in something like Middle Valley. Mill Valley. You know, any? I'd like enough to t- tell me about them. Uh, Idea Lab. Yeah, but, uh, well, that's just Bill Gross. He, it's right. not, that's not a VC fund. That's okay. Bill Gross's ideas. Well, Bill Gross does not invest in external ideas as his ideas. Right, or right, people right. he's personal friends with to say, hey, let's do a company. Okay. But, yeah, I'm sure there's an exception to the rule. Right. But usually you have to talk to like 30 different VC funds to get an, any of That's a tremendous waste of time and, you know, there's a lot of energy that goes into that and the presentations and they say no and then you go and find someone else. And, and anyway, the, you know, in, they don't invest, they invest in lines, not dots, you know, that thing. You know that saying? Like multiple multiple dots uh, make up a line, so they don't just invest in someone just because you walk in their office and you meet them. They need to have yeah, a relationship. Yeah, yeah, no, well, they, yeah. Well, the, the, the sort of myth is that you come in there with a PowerPoint deck yeah. and do it. I mean, if you're an experienced entrepreneur and you've had a successful exit and you have a reputation mm. and connections, then you're much more likely you can do that kind of stuff. Right, I guess. Right. But, you know, generally speaking, that you have to have certain types of traction and you have to have, you know, hit certain um, growth points or whatever. But... The bottom line is we physical locations freak them out. Like mm. it's just not something that they're really going to understand or want to think about. They're like, wait, wait, physical spaces? Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, if you're selling curriculum online or you have mobile apps to teach kid to code, it's like that would be an easier conversation because they understand mobile apps or cloud this or web or whatever have scale. There's no limitation based on physical um, and, and, you know, for physical world problems. So, but um, for solving this problem, it, it, you know, from our perspective, and it absolutely requires physical spaces. So, and but the way I told, I was explaining to Doug, I said, you know, I said we're kind of like steampunk, right? Because we're kind of we're tech, so it's kind of advanced, but we're retrofitted back on physical spaces. You know, it's sort of, and it's and 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 I just don't think. The VCs are really going to get it, and, and the only way they they would they would get it once it was an absolute foregone conclusion because that's what they want to invest in. So if we had like ten or fifteen locations and we're just making a lot of money and the growth, then it's like okay, I know this is kind of a different model, different thing, but you know, there's just it's kind of a no brainer at this point. Yeah, and um, so that might happen. So we we. We reached out to some of our network and talked to some people, and you know, it's kind of funny. A lot of people are like. I don't know. I just really get a whole lot of interest. People are like, and I, and I, you know, which is not totally surprising, you know, because it's not, it's a little, a little, uh, I don't want to say idiosyncratic. It's, it's a little unorthodox compared to what people are just thinking about, mm. you know, and it has a name Mill Valley Code Club. I mean, that just sounds mom and pop. It doesn't sound like some, which is great. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that sneaks in under the radar. And then before you know it, it's like this massive company. Yeah. Well, I mean, Let's not get into this to be a billion dollar company thing. Let's, right. I mean, but how do we get to 10 locations? How do you get to 20 locations mm-hmm. over the next two, three years, right? And so we're at two. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 I just think it's superficially, I, I think a lot of these investors, they pattern match on the superficial. They like to talk a big game, but at the end of the day, they pattern match on the superficial. 
they're always asking who's leading the investments. They're always looking to follow somebody else. Nobody wants to just jump in and say, I, I believe in the idea. I believe in the founders. I like the space. Like terms decent. Here's the money. Let's do it. You know, they just don't. People are fearful and they're uh, very risk averse and they want to invest in foregone conclusion and they want to pattern match against things that have succeeded. And they only, and they especially would like to do it if like other more successful, wealthier, more famous people are doing it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how people in the real world act. And uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Well, the well, third okay. way. So the third way is debt. Mm-hmm. So I, a buddy of mine, Peter Kim, who uh, is the CEO of a company called Mighty Hive, mm-hmm. he had said, you know, he had mentioned the idea of, uh, of, of, of debt. And he's like, you know, based on your cash flow, the fact you guys are actually making money, you know, or not, maybe not like profitable, but you guys are, have operational cash flow. You know, you're bringing in money. You can service debt. Mm. Why sell equity if you can just borrow. borrow and pay it right back, right? And I was like, yeah. And, but then, you know, which funny thing is we're spending this time thinking like, oh, but, you know, ba- banks w- really only do loans against collateral. They, um, there are, uh, we, the two thoughts that I think Doug and I had in our mind based on how we just, you know, I, not, not that either of us had a lot of experience taking loans from bank. I mean, you get, you'd get a mortgage for your house or whatever, but it's collateral, you know, like your house or whatever, or it's, um, uh, a guarantee? It, no, it, it's uh, you've been in business three years or something. Right. Okay. You know, you say so we've been in business less than a year, and there's no real collateral. So was that the reality of it? No. Well, so if I was talking to Sandy about it, I I was kind of going to, doing the pros and cons, and I said, you know, I've talked about maybe we should talk to a banker this that, and she's like, and I said I was talking maybe I'll go down to Wells Fargo because that's where I've had business and personal accounts, and and she's like, well, you obviously have a B in your bonnet about it. Why don't you just go down there and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that would just be too easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I was like, all right, fine. So I literally just said, screw it. So I just literally went over, drove over there, said, hey, can I talk to a business banker or whatever? And they're like, yeah. And so 15 minutes later, I had a, he sat down. And bottom line, he's like, he's like, okay, based on your respective, you know, what you guys earn or net worth or whatever, as long as you guys are willing to personal guarantee, we could probably get you a line of credit from 35 to 75 K right out of the gate. That's what I said. Personal guarantee. Yeah. And, um, I was like, you know, because it was just a little surprising to me because I figured, you know, I figured that they would require collateral. But the other thing is, you know, they normally don't, they require anybody who makes, who owns over 10% of the company to sign the personal guarantee um, uh, until the company is worth, I think it's like, it's, it's, make, it's making like $10 million a year or something like, and then after that point you have shares in the company are the collateral, something like that. Hmm. So, but when they're smaller, less than $10 million a year, so it's, it's pretty sizable. It's a big range in there. You're, you're going to be doing a personal guarantee. So it would be Doug and I doing that. So I was like, okay. And then we talked to another banker and they basically said the same thing. So I was like, all right, well, and then what I, what we talked about is like, okay, let's say we got out and we got an initial line of credit for 50000 What we could do is one, service that debt, which would not be very much money. You're talking like 150 200 bucks a month or something. It could just be nothing. But then, um, then once we have a third of that paid back, then they expand 
they can we can ask to expand it to 75 or to 100 so you you get a, expand the credit pay down a third of it serve you know you service it how fast are you expecting to pay down a third of the credit i mean you know i think you could probably pay it down in three to four months right so it's not going to be 150 a month then do you mean a week? No, no, I'm just saying it, 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 right. at, at a minimum, you could just, if you just service it at a minimum, you could do that. But then if you right. said, all right, well, let's, let's plow five or seven grand or, you yeah. Know, into so this just, thing. just a lot of, a lot of the profits that you're getting back yes. into it. And then you just do another one, you extend it. Yeah. So that's so we great. Were, so that's a really good option without having to like, you know, traipse around trying to convince people to invest in something that they don't really understand and waste a lot of time doing that. But the, the, the other option too, and one thing we're looking at is, we would raise equity if we're able to find angels within our extended network, people who just get it and want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like we're not going to, we're not going to waste a lot of time doing it. And we, we do have, we do have some conversations that, that could still happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I could go either way. I mean, if we can raise half million, million dollar formal angel round from four or five wealthy independent angel investors who are in the mill Valley area, whose kids go to it which a lot of those kind of people that ah, are yeah, interested in right. it yeah. then we could do that and that get a good, good terms yeah. but it, uh, if we can't do something like that then it's you know we can just gr- go off our own steam for a little while maybe maybe open a line of credit to also expand a little more quickly do it that way but it's really interesting i mean it's been a it's been a really good learning experience you know with the physical locations and negotiating with leases and like you know we have to do things right i mean this is a corporation this isn't like an llc like i've done i've done a lot of llcs i mean this is a c corp we have 409a valuation an employee option pool you know i mean this is like all like legit yeah. <laughs> real business stuff we have a health plan we got oh, wow. six full-time employees i mean that's great this is like you know, a, a real operating business. This isn't like, oh, I have my little WordPress site and I make hundred fifty dollars a month, or have my so, LLC with my could buddy. Could you ever see yourself being part of it on a more regular, you know, more of a full time basis, or you're always nah. going to just be like a standoff? No, nah, I, I, I think, I think, I actually, I really like this. Yeah, you're interested in enjoying I, this. Well, I joke, I joke them. I'm like, you know, this is great. I was like, I get to participate in all the strategic discussions and. You know, but then I don't have to do any work. <laughs> it's like being a grandparent rather than a parent, right? Very much like that. Yeah. You get all the good stuff. Like I, you know, I go to San Francisco. I go up there and stop by and see the new place and talk to all the new employees. And say, hey, good job, guys. This is cool. And then, you know, Doug and I, can, I can sort of brainstorm with him about different ways of doing things and whatever. But at the end of the day, I know Doug's Doug's got the ball. He can take care of it. So, would you like would you like a scenario where you had maybe five of these kind of investments, and you were like strategically involved in this level with all these five different babies going on? Maybe, yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, I don't know if I need five of them. You yeah. know, I've I've noticed that like, you know, as I've as I've talked about how I just overextended myself this past year, just getting involved, or I, it's been longer than a year, but just getting involved in all these different projects, it takes us a real toll. Right. I mean, it's just. But this is a little different to all those other ones because the other, or, uh, the typical project you get involved in, you have to do this massive amount of technical work, which is just annoying and painful. Yeah. Not, not in this case. Yeah, but um, what happens is, is like if you're having all these conversations and emails and then you're doing it with like f- times five, right. that's burning a lot of your time. That's true. It's burning a lot of your mind space. It's like you're always on the phone talking about stuff. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to overdo it. You know, it's like... Um, 
you know, I, I but I definitely like the uh, this role better than having to like run operations like him. I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, I look at it, I'm like, <laughs> glad you're doing it on me. <laughs> but, you know, that's well, that's that's the benefit. If you have the money and you're willing to put it on the table and risk it, you get that kind of privileged position. Mm. Right. I mean, yeah. I walked in and I basically said I basically look all the money made off of Tesla. Here's seventy five thousand dollars. Take it. Let's do it. Right. I mean, I did what most investors are afraid to do. They want to, like I said, they want to follow what other people do and they want to, you know, all this, they want, you know, they, they, nobody will just take the lead and just say, I believe in you, I believe in the idea. Here's the money. Mm-hmm. We'll work, we'll, we'll work out the uh, legal details in a week or two or whatever. Just take it and do it. Well, that sounds great. Well, um, what do we do? I'll, we'll do a very quick tech story and then get on to your superhero. Yeah. Okay. Project. Okay. Uh, just to have one thing in between, sure, yeah. you know, yeah. talk about this. Um, I just thought this was an interesting yeah. one um, on the BBC that the brain can classify words during sleep. So, in other words, the brain—it's—it's it's proven that the brain is active. So, let me tell you the experiment. So, uh, researchers uh, basically created a, an experiment where they had two buttons: button on your left hand and button on your right hand. And basically, you classified words. So they showed you a picture, and you went, "Okay, it's in the left, and it's in the right." Or well, they 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 spoke it to you actually, rather than that. So um, then they mo- they monitored the brain activity, so they could see what what parts of the brain fired. Then they got the people to do this while they were kind of falling asleep, and then when they were asleep, they came in with a whole new batch of words, and they said the same thing very very quietly, and the brain still kept on firing in the same way without actually pressing the button. So that's quite interesting, right? It's, it, it was the brain was much slower at doing it, but it got the right answers. It kept on getting the right answers. So there's just some level of consciousness. In there's, your brain. there's some level of like sub sub kind of sub processing subroutines just going on while you're asleep, which I thought was interesting, and it kind of opens up a lot of possibilities if you think about it. Like how? Well, just it's kind of like the Matrix in a sense. Like you, your brain can actually do stuff and work out problems, and I, I guess that's part of. When you dream and you work out a problem, you wake up and it's like, boom, I know I, I figured that thing out. You, have you ever done that? Um, I don't know if I've ever f- solved a problem in a dream, but I definitely um, have solved problems when I wasn't really thinking about it. Right, right. You know, you're driving, you do stuff and you're just kind of like, in the shower and then your mind kind of goes back to it. And you're like, oh, I know how to do it. Yeah. Like you just had to kind of like unfocus, remove your focus from the problem so you can see the forest, the trees kind of thing and just kind of let your mind wander you know you know and it's that my buddy mitchell um who i went to high school with and he used to always joke with us when we're doing our uh, computer science science fair projects and uh, i remember him joking what we were doing and he's like so he was doing a li- he was doing his project in lisp uh it was based a natural language parser type thing and he's like he's like yeah my conscious brain is an idiot <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's my subconscious brain that figures everything out. He's like, you just take in all the information, you you get the problem sort of stated and in 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 the parameters of the problem kind of sorted out, and you hand that to the conscious brain. The conscious brain doesn't know what to do with it. It's just an idiot, right? <laughs> and then you go off, you do something else, and your subconscious brain's like, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah, well, that I, happens to me a lot. I mean, definitely. Yeah, you good. feel like you saw a lot of brain. You have anything in recent memory that you can think of? Um, yeah, just I mean, I almost like on a daily basis, just like. Try, like, what, what is the right architecture? You know, well, how should I make this schema work? You know, when I'm really thinking about it, I've, it's like kind of, oh, God. Well, you go away and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's how it should be. 
know, it's related to that is, I mean, you've been some articles about this and about how people think they solve problems better and they think more creatively when they're walking than when they're sitting. Uh, and so this whole like these walk and talks, you know, things you see CEOs. That's I, I know Travis does that all the time. He's always constantly doing laps around the office with somebody else, just talking have, yeah, around seen that. and around. Yeah. And it's, it's like you're sitting at a like a high school track, and you just see people like you're like going around the track. He's just <laughs> like going around to the same person, you know, like for like an hour and a half of just walking and talking about something. And um, in the shower is good too. Or it's just uh, those times when you're just like staring off into the distance. Yeah. yeah, but um, the one thing I'm reading about, they were talking about how creativity pe- creativity happens when you have all these sort of random firings in your brain, Yeah, which create sort of random connections or associations between different ideas or pieces of information, Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that sounds like what creativity is kind of. Um, and the people who are more creative tend to have more random firings going on in their their synapses. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if when you're walking, because your body is in the process of doing something else or something like it's sometimes, you know, not that the jostling of your brain, but somehow the process of walking creates more random firings or something. Like there's mm. certain activities that might induce the effect of more random firings. That's interesting. And it, it, that might be what it comes down to. I don't know. There's, I had a few books I, I, a while back on, um, on, uh, cr- on the creative process and creative one's called something like a oh, it's called something like the bonk on top of the head or something like that. Like, there's a bunch of really interesting books on how how do you how do you come come up with creative ideas? How do you make yourself more creative? And um, and really a lot of it is making associations for things you wouldn't normally associate. So like sometimes you'd write down um, a bunch of ideas on note cards or something. Mm-hmm and scramble them up and then pick two random and then you have to create some kind of connection between the two. Yeah. You know, because, but if you don't do things like that, that force you to sort of merge multiple concepts, your brain kind of gets in this rut of always merging the same concepts. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like a gravitational pull. Your brain just sucks. Like this is associated with this and associated with this. But if... Like a hammer, like when you're a hammer, everything becomes a nail? Yeah, yeah. Or just kind of like there's these grooves in your brain. It just falls into the groove. Like think of a roulette wheel. The ball rolls into the, you know, the groove. Oh, you right. Know, it's just like you have these grooves. Things just kind of fall into orbit or whatever. Right? You know, these... And, but if you, if you do, if you have these sort of, um, I don't know, whatever uh, techniques you know, or tricks. You want to be like a bunch of note cards or not, you could do it in any number of ways to just flash up and say, create connections between these three things. They may be related, they may be unrelated concepts and try and come up with something and it forces you to do things like that. Hmm. And I think, you know, that's kind of a way of forcing it whereas other people who maybe tend to be more creative, they just have this more, they call it like lateral thinking. Lateral thinking means these things are kind of related but kind of unrelated but they can find, they just, they more easily can just jump and connect them where other people just wouldn't do that. Well, did you see uh, in the New York Times the the post about hit the reset button in your brain? And they were talking about. Did you? Did, did, does that sound familiar? No. It's kind of uh, like along the same lines as what we're talking about. And they talk about there being a task negative network and a task positive network. So basically, the task negative network is the kind of the creative state. And so it's like what you're talking about, the random firings. And they, they, they said through their experiments, they say the brain is kind of like in one of these two states. You're kind of either focused on a task, you know, like, or you're, you're not focused and you're more kind of creative. And so to absolutely optimize it, they talk about um, 
basically, I'll just I'll just read here. If you want to be more productive and creative and to have more energy, the science dictates that you should basically partition your day into project periods. So if you want to browse Facebook, don't do it in the middle of work. Like have a specific time when you're going to browse Facebook, compartmentalize all the different things that you do every day so that each one of those things is more kind of, I guess, clarified. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll send you, know, you the link I, to that. You know, I, I I read of a lot of these things, these productivity um, articles, and they'll talk about, like, check email in the morning or work for 40 Pomodoro techniques, all these ways oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. artificially sort of separating your day out and doing things. I have a really hard time doing that kind of thing. I I sometimes, I, I don't know. You whenever, need to meander? Like, you, like as, as if you're on task. But, but I mean, if, if you're in the zone, do you? You stay in the zone. I'm right? in the zone. I stay in the zone. If I'm out of the zone, it sometimes takes me hard to get into. I have a lot of inertia one way or the other. Right. But I just have a hard time. It's very painful for me to uh, to sort of force myself in that mode. So I can try to force myself, but it's so unenjoyable yeah. that it's just I don't even make that much process and progress and I'm not happy doing it, you know. Um, I just kind of let myself do what I feel like doing. Or anything else, I guess. Well, one of the things you feel like doing is resculpting yourself and becoming a superhero. So, oh, nice segue. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, the update on uh, on Operation Superhero. Yeah. So that w- this kicked off in uh, June seventh, I believe. And so I lost almost twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, almost as I got down to, I'm down to about one eighty five. Nice. So from from two to almost two eighty five. I mean, I was I was at almost at two hundred five. Now I'm at one eighty five. That's cool. Um, and I lost five inches off my gut. So I did a tape measure around your belly button. You're, you're gonna, you know. So it was thirty seven down to thirty two. So, so how much work has it taken, and was it easy? It took a lot of work, and it was not easy. Okay, so so, so now you, I, I can extend it and tell you why people don't lose weight because it's a lot of damn work. Okay, so what what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? A lot of damn work. What have you been doing? Well. What is your day? What has your week been looking like okay, ever since you started this? So, okay, first, okay, so I was not trying to find the least effective dose. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. I'm going to overkill if I have. I'm going to bludgeon my way through this. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna try and win pretty. You know, like oh, you know, people say, oh, how do you say? Oh, I just did this. You know, I just took a longer walk every day, or I just stopped <laughs> eating. You know, instead of eating a, a bagel at lunch, I had a you know a orange or something. You know, that people tell you something like that. I lost right. time. No, no, it wasn't that at all. Okay, so it what was, was it? like? I would go to the gym six days a week. I would do. Cardio. You're still doing this? Yeah, I would go cardio six days a week and i don't mean like 20 minutes of like la 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 cardio i mean like i would do five minute cycles of intervals getting my heart rate up to 150 or for how long anywhere from about 40 to 60 minutes 65 minutes so anywhere from 40 to 60 minutes every day and then that's there's one day off that's just cardio that's just cardio and i was lifting weights anywhere from four to six days a week depending on kind of what my routine was and i lift pretty hard i don't like just go on the machines and just kind of you see people get on the machines they do a few sets and they're kind of taking a break i'm like lifting i'm like you know it's strength training you know it's hard so you're doing what like i mean oh i don't know i would do anywhere from three to five exercises three to five or four you know three to five sets a couple but if you're gonna do those chest presses what are you doing like bench press what are you doing like 250 300 well 
uh, unfortunately, I tweaked my shoulder early off. Oh, okay. So I was doing sets of what at most of like five of 225, which is a lot. I mean, I, I wasn't back to my high point. My high point, I could do a lot more now. I could do, you know, whatever. I mean, my all time best was like a set of six of 275. I don't know. That's a wow. lot. But that was long. No, that was just. But um, <laughs> the problem is, I tweaked my shoulder. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I had about a year ago, I was throwing the kids in the pool. I was, you know, I was in the pool and I was launching them across the pool. Mm -hmm. And my kids are not that little anymore. <laughs> and I have three of them and yeah. they don't want to get thrown just once. They want to get thrown over and over and over again. And I'm always throwing for distance. And, you know, I, one day I'd probably throw each of them like 10 to 15 times. And I just really screwed up my shoulder. Yeah. And it had been a year it had been kind of a problem and I started trying to lift weights on it anyway and it just really made it bad. Mm. And so um, the good news is, and I'll get back to the main storyline, but um, I went and saw a physical uh, therapist, uh, chiropractor guy who does this sort of soft tissue work. The guy who always... Who you, yeah, 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 Chris, Dr. Yeah. Brown. And he's like, he would go and he would do the, you know, the ART active response therapy stuff, basically basically just torture you with... It's, you it know, is torture. I've been, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then, um, you know, he would say, well, just do these dumbbell exercises, these kind of things. And I did them. And uh, just after the last week, 100% better. It was in almost an entire year of no progress. I mean, it was, there was no gradient on improvement. Like, it was, like, slightly getting better and it was going to get better and so on. It was like, I was like, I'm, my shoulder's done. Why did you keep going for a year? I no, no, no. Before I even got to him. I see. Okay. So, I had been on my own, you know, and I tried to do some rehab stuff that I thought. And I had to ice it and try and stay off it. But, I mean, it hurt to lie on So, how much side. work did it take with him to make it? That was easy. I mean, we're talking five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. I know, but, like, how long? Uh -huh. Like, how many weeks? Oh, I would only go to him, like, once every couple of weeks, um, you know, for a session. and then But then, then for about six weeks there, or maybe a month, I was going twice a week because I had a couple issues, not with my shoulder, but with right. my Achilles. Um my calves, my back, and I was having to work on everything. And I just wanted to put the accelerator on. Mm. But most of it really had to do with the uh, exercises. Mm. I mean, and they were really simple. And I did them. I'm like, part of me thinking, like, this isn't going to work. Like, how could this possibly work? <laughs> like, this is nothing. But I was like, all right, well, he says it's going to work. I'll just, I'm going to, look, I'm going to give him benefit that I'm just going to do it. And sure enough, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> it's all better. Like, I'm lying, sleeping on it my whole night. I'm like, I'm, I'm, putting in all these different angles and motions, no problem. I'm bench pressing weight again, uh, you know, heavy weight again, and no problem. Like, it's amazing. So, anyway, um, but back to the main storyline. Um, I, uh, I was working out six days a week, 45 minutes to an hour of intense cardio, lifting for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. And then, of course, I was doing a lot of stretching and stuff for my Achilles to recover. And denying that. yourself food enjoyment. And the diet. Right. So then I went and saw the, the, the dietitian and she got me on max 2,400 calories a day. Target, you know, try to eat a lot of protein, max, you know, only 40 grams of sugar. And um, I was losing about a pound and a half a week. But unfortunately, about the last three weeks, I've, I seem to have hit a plateau. Huh. And I don't know if it's a natural plateau. Sometimes you hit plateaus, your body loses a lot of weight, your body just... So you're still doing all that, that work? Well, so... After, so I, remember I'm a part of this, is like a, I have like a three, a three prong, three, three separate goals, which makes things tougher. It's usually better to go for one goal and try to optimize for three. One is to get down to 10% body fat. The other is to bench press 315 pounds. Mm -hmm. 
And the other really big one is to dunk a basketball. I mean, that's the real, that's your reach goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the crazy one. So I started doing the, the vertical jump training, you know, workouts, but they were pretty intense in terms of like, they were very hard to the muscles and they took a lot of time, but they weren't really car- as much cardio workouts. Mm. And they took so much time that I, I didn't have as much time to do the cardio. Like I'd only do like 30 minutes of cardio. And during that three, and, and it, it just coincided pretty much exactly with the plateau. So I don't know if it was because of that or that because of my cardio reduced down a little bit or it was because of the, um, it just hit a plateau. But the, but those strength, those, those vertical jump training were outgrowths one, three days a week, not sex. So I was still doing cardio on the other three days. Mm. And I was just doing half as much cardio on those days. So your vertical jump, did it, is it increasing? Well, so what happened was it increased about three inches after about three, 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 three to four weeks of work. So you, you can jump three inches higher. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. I mean, I showed you a video. It's, you look at it, you're kind of like shocked at that, the difference. It was, yeah. well, you know, when you see it, it's just like, whoa, that's like, you know, not that very noticeable. Um, How many more inches it, you got to well, go? Then, well, then I pulled my hamstring. Oh. And then I tried to come back too quickly from it and I repulled it. So I was out for six weeks. Ah. And so I've only been back from that for a month now. And I haven't retested it. So I probably gained probably two of the three back. I pretty much lost it all wow. because I couldn't do any training for six weeks. But, I mean, would it be worth... I mean, you remember we interviewed Doug McGough. Like he was saying like that sometimes the slow form of... Uh, what is that one? The leg press? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that help somehow? Because then it's... Basically, you're making yourself stronger, but without the... Um, explosive aspect so it's working on the strength not the explosion which is a okay a well, different thing. F- well a couple things um uh see first um i didn't pull it from doing like a squats or something like that i was oh. doing it doing a i was doing i was doing Throwing your kids well no i was doing a reverse <laughs> lunge and i was trying to explode out of the exercise like an idiot i shouldn't have been doing that i was okay. doing it wrong incorrectly oh i was going trying so, to go too hard and it was as first so I'd you ever didn't have it. good form didn't have to do fun. I was just trying to go too hard. Yeah, okay. And if, I, if I had like a, tra- a strength trainer coach or a trainer, they'd be like, don't, no, don't yeah, just uh, do okay. it. Don't try and explode out of it. Um, but huh. also, you know, look, there's a bunch of debate on all this stuff. And, and um, but you really need to do what they call like, it's like specific ad- ad- adaptation work. So you need to try and mimic more closely what you're trying to do. Right, you're right. You're trying to explode, trying to yeah. be explosive. So you need to build explosive strength, you know, um, I'm sure you can do some heavyweight strength and at a slow pace and it would help to some degree, but you've got to do a lot of more yeah. explosive work. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't, I think that slow stuff is probably good for uh, people who are injured or old or infirmed. I don't think that's or lazy like you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, like if you had, you know, I don't know. It's like my grandma, like you should, do that, you know, but, um, but, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's going to get anywhere near your mm. maximum. Yeah, I don't advantage. know. Just somehow, I just have this vision in my mind that 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 stuff can act as like a foundation and just generally perk up the muscle. I mean, this is just a gut feel. I have no. Obviously, I have no idea compared to to you, for example. But I just have this image in my mind. Okay, so you're doing this slow stuff, and that's acting as like giving you this base foundation on the muscles in a kind of safe way. And then you do the other training, the adaptive training on top of that. Well, so so one thing we you and I talked about, which is so 
one thing I don't know to call him Doctor McGovern Doug. I'm just call him Doug. Doug. One thing Doug said was that um, you that everyone will ultimately hit their genetic max in anywhere from like eight weeks to six months kind of range. Right. Um, look to me, that's what we call noob strength gains. Those are easy gains. So you you were already I, at that. I I anybody you can do any kind of reasonable workout. It can be far from optimal. And you're going to get gains. If you just did push-ups every yeah. day, you're going to get gains because your body's going to adapt because your body's not used to doing that at all. Right, right. But I, that makes and, sense, but one yeah. thing he would say is that if you don't get any stronger, that's just your genetic max. I think that's utter bullshit. Okay. I don't think that's true at all. I think if you're willing to try this after you reach your asymptotic limit, I don't know when it's going to be. If you're, Are you still doing it? Yeah. Okay. At some point, you go, Jason, I've been doing this for two, three months. I really, my leg press has increased five pounds in three months. I think I'm pretty much there. And I'll be like, all right. Now we'll try the gym. Try the gym. We can just stick to two days a week and we can do just squats or some of the things. And we'll do three months. And then we'll have you go back and do that same exercise and see if you've gotten stronger. Interesting, yeah. And if you are stronger, it will have disproved that. <laughs> Very. Yeah, yeah, I for would be willing least. to test that. Yeah, for, I, I don't think that's, yeah, I, I, I think it's honestly, I think it's kind of a cop out to say, well, this is this will make you as strong as you as anything else, and it went, and everyone hit their max, and anyone who got stronger than that, they were just a genetic freak, and I just think that's not true. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a while before I get there because yeah. um, I don't know whether they just started me low, but like, I don't know, my leg press was four oh eight, and I'm still like three and a half minutes on it. So we'll just have to keep on I don't know what that means. Three and a half minutes. Still three and a half minutes. Like I'm still three and a half minutes of, well, the whole thing is you're consistently pushing up and down slowly. So 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down with no break. Okay. So I'm, so then until you reach uh, failure. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me like three and a half minutes to reach failure. Okay. And and I'm supposed to be doing that failure within 90 seconds. So why are they, why don't they just increase the weight? Uh, Because that you just do it like they, they do increase the weight, but it's just 10 pounds every week. Okay. They don't want to go too much. I, I don't know why that is. Well, I, the, I mean, Doug did answer it in the show. He said the reason is is because they're trying to get it in a safe way rather than do a big jump and then you kind of strengthen. Yeah, well, that's true. If you get two jump, but it sounds like okay. I mean, yeah. you're going slow anyway. I mean, how hard right. can you get for crying out loud? Right, I mean, it's, right. there's being safe, but there's being ridiculous. <laughs> it's like grandma driving twenty minutes down, driving guess, twenty miles an hour down the road, down the block in traffic. It's like go, you're not going to crash. <laughs> I, I'm I'm guess in about a month it's probably going to be. At the, at the place well at, at least in a month it's going to be at the place where i'm doing it in 90 seconds and then we'll see if there's any gains from there i don't know yeah. we'll see and if 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 anyone believes that that's your genetic max that doing is after like is that's re- absolutely ridiculous you could yeah. get way stronger i mean phil phil has increased his strength he started i think his ben his his combination of his bench and his squat and his deadlift was like 500 pounds and he's almost at 900 combination he's almost doubled his strength in a little over three months i mean it is he was squatted i mean most people don't have this thing of me thing to them but he did 270 pounds per set of five full squats that's big that is big yes you would crumple like a leaf under that trust me that's <laughs> a lot of weight you know especially full you'll see guys who do more than that but they do like half squats and they act strong and they it's like dude Ass to grass, dude. Get go parallel. You're not going to do one. <laughs> you have class. sayings for everything. <laughs> Ass to grass. Go on. Let's get that. Yeah, but um, uh, what I was going to say. Um, 
All right, so so to to wrap up Jason's uh, journey, like so where you're I'm at. going, I'm going in Tuesday to yeah. get my six week. Her goal from was 181, but I'm not there. I mean, I I'm I I'm probably I'll probably hit. 185 184 range um the other thing i'm experimenting with I'm, i was experimenting with this past week is for dinners because she never told me to go off carbs but i kind of was cutting out a lot of carbs for dinner because i noticed that when i ate carbs i was a couple pounds heavier but then really it's just fake to not eat carbs you can weigh a couple pounds lighter but it's just water you're you're you, when you eat carbs you're going to weigh two to three pounds heavier right you know so it's like i'm not fooling anybody i'm just for depriving myself of carbs mm-hmm. so i'm like ah screw this like you know if sandy has stir fry i'm gonna eat some stir fry and i can't i can't eat chicken and broccoli chicken and brussels sprouts or whatever for the next 20 years like that's not or even for the next six months i'm getting burned out so i want to see like my my theory is that it has less to do and if that's true or actually my theory is that it has less to do with the diet and more to do with the cardio that's my theory I hate to say it, but I think you're probably right because in any time that I've lost weight, I've been doing a shitload of cardio. And every time that is the case and it just pisses me off, but that just seems... But I mean, maybe that's just you and me. I don't know. I I, I, I mean, every everybody's body's a little different. Everybody's bodies respond. It's like, and not only that, and every time age you are and how out of shape you are. And when people say cardio, there's a big range of like 15 minutes of cardio. Are you I was doing, doing an hour and a half of biking? I was basically, maybe? yeah, an hour, an hour and a half of biking. Funny that you funny that you should say that. Like an hour and a half of biking for a year, every day. That that's a lot of cardio. Yeah. <laughs> so, and a twenty year old metabolism or whatever. Well twenty five, yeah, but twenty five year old metabolism, yeah, right? right? I mean, so um yeah, I mean I I don't know. I I I, I honestly so, you know, there's all the stuff about like glycemic index and no carbs and no sugar. I mean, yeah, if you get excessive anything, it's probably they're gonna have effects. But at the end of the day, I think it really it's the kind of the simple stuff. It's kind of calories in and calories out. I mean, it's just hard damn work. So if you remember, go do the hard damn work, you'll remember do it. we were talking about uh, Soylent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's there's someone who's basically been uh, following Soylent and what they're doing, and has basically bootstrap been bootstrapping his own thing on the side. Right. This is the dear self Soylent. You were you, no. This is there's another guy who actually okay. is doing a much much better job. Like who's it? This is he's just doing such a great job of bootstrapping this concept of Soylent, and he's um, a Russian guy who lives. Uh, I think he's on Venice Beach or something, and basically um, Space Nutrient Station is his uh, is his <laughs> brand. So it's spacenutrientstation.com. And um, I've I've got a pack of twelve of these things, different flavors, and I'll, I'll give you one to try today. Each each one is six hundred and seventy calories, so it splits up into exactly two thousand calories a day if you have three of these things a day. Okay. But they taste absolutely delicious. They're really good. What much better flavors? than Soylent? A chocolate flavor, or just there's there's basically two flavors. There's like a chocolate flavor or a Soylent-ish kind of flavor, except it's just way better. It's like it tastes like some kind of really nice kind of like savory kind of oatmeal-y kind of thing. Um, yeah, anyway, I just thought that that could be an interesting thing for you. Um, if you ever need a meal in the night or something, I don't know. Anyway, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you one to, <laughs> a one to try. Yeah. I'll, I'll be about to try one. If, I'll have chocolate. I like chocolate. I'm a chocolate. I'm like a kid. Like, yeah, I they like have a the chocolate one, right? Yeah, I do chocolate. So we'll try it after the show. Yeah. Um, have a sip. well, do real quick, what do you do? So you're, so you're back, you skipped a week cause you were in Chicago, but you're back doing the yeah, 15 minute a week. Training? I felt. I felt so bad skipping for a week. Like for some reason, just like my body felt so unengaged. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm I'm back in it. I I did actually go up. Uh, once again, they did put the weights up, even though I'd skipped a week. Um, but in term, I mean, I'm feeling stronger inside, but I'm losing no weight whatsoever. I'm just staying exactly the same weight. So, you know, something's obviously going to have to change. I, I don't know. I, I'm you, gonna- you told me the other day you were going to start walking. Did you start doing that? No. <coughs> I haven't started walking now. <laughs> what happened to that idea? Yeah, I, I, walk I, a day I, yeah, I, I really need to do that. I just, just got to talk it through with Georgie and like work out a time and a routine. You could go walking for right. 15 minutes. Not 15 minutes. <laughs> I didn't say 15. I said, four, I said I was going to do the full thing. It's like 40 minutes. Okay. All right. And what about your diet? I'm you sure doing? I do 15 minutes a day. My right. diet is not particularly great. You don't do any, but you're like Mr. Vegan stuff. I mean, you don't do that or what? <clears throat> not really. I'm not, I'm not really doing anything. So you really talk, good. you talk all this vegan stuff, but you don't eat vegan. Pretty much. You eat a lot of junk food. Like I, Cheetos, I think I do. Like a bag of Cheetos yeah. and stuff. You're talking about. Like, what's the deal with that? I don't understand. You spend this time talking vegan <clears> and eat a bag of Cheetos. Like, I, this is weird. Uh, I, I don't know. It's difficult <laughs> to explain. Like, I, 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 I don't have any good. I mean, I like Cheetos. I got no problem with Cheetos. Trust me. I'm just wondering. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's uh, there's like some kind of emotional aspect. I mean, I think I'm an emotional eater. Like you, I don't think you probably are. You no, don't. No. You probably can't even correlate or equate or even you know have any vague idea of what that means to be an emotional eater. Probably just. I'm not that an emotional guy for starters. Right. So and then and then and then you. I think you're much more <coughs> emotional than I am. Right. And then and then the times if I've gotten in my life that I remember there were periods. And I don't mean long periods of times that I was really stressed or depressed. I would eat less. Like I lose my appetite. That's where, good. You know, where I, I guess it sounds like you do the opposite. Right. Yes. Especially, you know, yeah, food is love. Have you ever heard that expression? I've heard it. Yeah. Like, so you're kind of nurturing yourself. So you're loving yourself, <laughs> self love. <laughs> well, that's that a bag of Cheetos <laughs> is self love. But it's also self harm. So it's, it's very, it's kind of complex. Right. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's in your, your world to, to kind of have this discussion in a deep sense, because <laughs> like, I think it's quite a, thera- a therapeutic style discussion, right? You know, why do you, why do, why do people comfort eat? Why do people eat to, to hurt themselves? People do both of those things, mm-hmm. you know? Do you eat to hurt yourself? Well, I, I mean, no, but <laughs> I, people purpose? do that, right? People do do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, now you never went back and did a follow up appointment with with your body composition. You kind of did you ever call her and cancel, or you just never went? There was no cancel. There was no appointment made. Oh, you never did that follow up. Yeah, she, I, she, I, yeah. You have to go to her website and schedule it. I just didn't do it. Oh, I see. What would be the point? I was just going to be. I'm going to be the same. <laughs> well, yeah. well she's, I'm going like to go in, and she's going to be like, "You've done nothing, have you?" And I'm like, "Yep, I pretty didn't much." Do shit. <laughs> <laughs> so so was was Phil as bad as me when when you first started hearing about him because you, I remember you said you you thought this Phil would never change he would yeah, never Yeah you know he would he would kind of say the things that you kind of say a different way he would say ah, I don't want to be too hard on myself I want to you know and I'm like no you need to be hard on yourself like you people always say well I don't I don't I don't want to be too hard on myself I want like no you got to be hard on yourself you got to hold yourself to account you have to be like your own personal drill sergeant you know But even Phil you know in my discussions with him he was saying that like he had spoken about this with maybe five or six other people and they'd all started it but he's the only one who stuck yeah. with it 
They all right. blew out. Yeah, he's still getting. Like I said, he just he just sent me a, fo- so, a little selfie. He was all. He's getting- so what is it? What is it like? What is it that makes someone like? Because you're saying Phil, you could equate Phil to me. So what is it that makes someone like Phil make the decision when he is someone like me, and he's yet stick with it when basically people generally don't stick with it? What what was the thing that that made him change? Well, I mean, I think so. He was at two hundred and seventy pounds. And I think he just started off kind of light, like it wasn't a severe, like, I'm going to go nuts. He's, he kind of just started to eat a little bit better. Like, I'm going to stop eating, cut out some of the worst things. And then go to the gym. And I think he was going to the gym. I don't know if it was every day, but, you know, let's say five days but a week. But you just lampooned that just a few minutes ago. You said those people who said, oh, I eat an orange at lunchtime. Like, so. No, I'm just, I'm just saying I, I wasn't doing that. Like, right. I was winning ugly. Oh, okay. I don't have this, <laughs> oh, it's easy. All you got to do is right, not right. have a Coke at lunch and you'll lose time. I'm just saying, I don't know because I really, you know, I threw the whole kitchen sink at it, right? Okay. You know, I may have I may have been doing five times more than I needed to do. That's all I'm saying. But, okay, so I think you're about to describe how he did it, um, which is fine. So you're just saying it was kind of in a gradual well, way. Well, but well, what, what I'm interested in is well, yeah, well, for people like me, like what's the cognitive Yeah, that's what I'm trying to explain. Change. He, he, by starting off and getting some success, he was able to build on that success, right? So when he lost 15 pounds over a period of a few months of just going to the gym and doing some cardio and some lightweight, you know, he would do the machines for 20 minutes and he would do, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the bike and he would just trying to cut, try and like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat the French, that many French fries and I won't have, you know, just cutting the worst of it out, not cutting everything out, but just trying to eat a little better. That, when you're 275 pounds, you can lose 15 pounds pretty easily if you just do something, right? And that, and then he kind of plateaued and then he got the four-hour body by Tim Ferriss and kind of came up with a plan. And I think the combination of having a, a plan that he could follow, didn't have to like, you know, try and make up on his own, just like, I'm just going to do this. And that coupled with the fact that he had already had some success. He already he already had some wins. And then once you have some wins, once you have some success, you can build on that um, psychologically. When you have no wins, you just doubt that anything is ever going to work. So it's a psychological... That's what I kept telling you. My whole thing of it is like, just get, get yourself some, in a habit and get, some win. get a win in your under your belt, dude. Like, just lose five pounds. Like, get into a habit of doing something and get an easy win. If you get a few wins, you're like, oh, I lost eight, 10 pounds. That wasn't too hard. I mean, you're 230, 235 pounds. It's that way. You should be able to lose five to 10 pounds without too much work. Your body, when the higher you are, the easier your body's going to give it up. And so I thought like, all I had to do, get you to your local YMCA or whatever place, the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, go down there, do a little stuff, lose seven, eight pounds. You'll start feeling kind of excited. You'll feel a little more control of your life. Like, oh, I can actually do this. Like I pull these levers. It has these effect. I can do that, more of that. So that's the cognitive shift, getting an early, an early simple Get win. Get an easy win, booking some easy wins. Now, I, what I think is good now that you're doing this 15-minute strength training, I, I think it's good because you're doing something. Hmm. I think when, when you're ready, whenever that is, you can start doing some kind of a cardio on top of that. You know, I mean, you whether you do 30 minutes of uh, walking to start or 45, you know, or, or do 20 minutes on the bike or just something – Right, you know, build on that, and you'll it'll it'll be you'll you'll I think you'll do better. Okay, I don't know, man. Well, would, so so um, I but think we should, I think is, we should move on because we have to. I'll say one it. last thing. Yeah, losing weight is not easy. 
Right. I have people who say, I've heard people say, oh, it's not that hard. I'm like, no, it is. It's hard. It is. Losing hard. weight is hard. It is I don't, you know, if anybody's lost any significant amount of weight, I would give them, you know, a tip of the hat because it, it ain't easy. Okay. So this, this uh, thing I want to say, um, just bring up now, it's not going to lead to a long discussion, but I do think this is interesting. And I wanted to say this to our listeners. Um, so I, I look at HN Hacker News because it's my kind of go-to site. Like I read a lot of stuff and I have been looking for another site that's just going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. and that isn't hn and that's like getting out of that echo chamber well i found one it's great it's called scitechdaily.com have you heard of that how do you spell that uh s-c-i-s-c-i-t-e-c-h-d-a-i-l-y.com so sci- like science technology daily scitech yeah, daily it's great okay check it out i'll just okay. give you a quick cursory glance at it okay you know i i didn't know you were that interested in science stuff I mean, because this is this is much, yeah, obviously more science and tech. You, you've always been more. Like, I could be wrong. You seem much yeah. more interested in the entrepreneurial bootstrapping. No, I love um, the. I mean, web, like the kind of things that this talks stuff. about, where they're kind of working out new ways of understanding the mind and things like that. I mean, no, I'm totally into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that looks cool. A lot of physics and chemistry, biology. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'll check yeah. that out. That's definitely- so. Uh, it's not not much of a conversation piece, but. It is, and it's, it's this. I've had this link in my inbox for like a month. <laughs> You've been wanting to talk so about I've been it. wanting to just like you know share it to 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 some people. So that yeah. Anyway, that's that. All right. Um, oh, so I got some stuff. Okay, what? Just J- Jason stuff or tech stuff? Uh, I don't know. Just a couple different things. Why do you have something you want to talk about? No. So one thing I wanted to address. Um, with a couple comments were kind of they were kind of challenging me on not going after Doug harder in the interview. Oh, right. Because I was so skeptical in our discussion. Right. And, you know, I'm still very skeptical. I, my, my mind hasn't changed that much. I mean, I think that it can probably still work for a lot of people to, to, a, to maybe to a level that is fine. Do I think it's going to make, would be the appropriate training for a professional or Olympic athletes? Absolutely not. Do I think it's the right thing for people who are competitive athletes? No. Do I think it's something for non-competitive athletes to build a base level of strength i think it's worth a shot and if it works great and and i think um you know i thought doug that's what i think's great about it by the way is is it's just i think it's an amazing thing for people who are basically generally not athletic who don't go to the gym you know who who find it difficult to find time or, or they're lazy or whatever and just to do this one thing and give you basic functional strength that has made a big difference to me because I just haven't had that functional strength. I'm lucky. They're, they're bringing around the, you know, the water bottles, mm-hmm. uh, like the big five kilogram water bottles or whatever. I'm just lugging them around like no, no problem. Like before that used to be difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to just have that functional strength. So, yeah. And I don't want to get back to the yeah. exercise because I know we've covered that enough in yeah. the show. But I'm just in terms of and I said this in the comments, but I think it might be worth just repeating here is um, I find that the, the, the best way to get information out of somebody is to not be antagonistic or aggressive with them. If you get antagonistic or aggressive and disrespectful, they're going to, they're going to become defensive. But you've never behaved that way with me. Yeah. Well, it's one thing when you're talking with your buddy, right? Like I'll argue with you, argue with Phil, argue with a friend friend of mine. I'll tell them they're full of it. Give me a break. But we're friends. Right. right? right. It doesn't, but if I don't know you, if you don't know me, and I start coming after you like that, mm-hmm. you're going to like really shut down and get very defensive. And it's not going to, we're not going to get the information out. But 
I asked all the questions that I could think to ask and gave him plenty of opportunity to explain his position. That le leaves it up to the listener to go, do I think this is true or not? Do I, do I think that what the claims that he, that Doug is making make sense or, or not? Am I persuaded or not? And he didn't do himself any favors with his opening arguments. Saying that he like, cherry-picked the evidence. <laughs> yeah, basically. I was like, yeah, dude, I just let him talk. Like, you know, I mean, look, I think he's a, a smart guy. I think he's no, a much more knowledgeable than I expect him to be about, about things unrelated to his sort of profession, which was kind of cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and, you know, it was fun to talk to. I, I like Doug. He's a cool guy. You know, I don't agree. I have a lot of friends who are very smart. I don't necessarily agree with him on everything. Yeah. You know, and um, and that's fine. And I'm sure they don't agree with me on everything. And that's fine. But um, I also just I don't like listening to people argue and fight, really. I mean, it's funny if it's a little bit of banter back and forth. But if you tell people are being offended or disrespected or it's the kind of thing when you see like people get in these political shows and they start arguing back and forth. I hate listening to it. I can't even listen to it. Mm. And I don't think anyone really wants to listen to that. I mean, I think people I think the guy's. Who are who are saying? Hey, I expect you to go after harder. I don't think they really would have enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I, it was good. It was good. It went off on a lot of tangents. I thought that the the second hour <laughs> of the two and a half hours, the second hour was good. Is um, that how long it was? It was like two hours fifteen or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, but the se the second hour, like where you guys really spoke about the topic at hand, the first hour was just meandering all over the place. But uh, not in a bad way, just in a typical Jason way. So that was fine. <laughs> but the second hour was pretty good, you know, just talking about the general topic. But no, I, I, fe I felt like you approached it in a good way. Yeah. Listen, I don't, I don't like. Um, you didn't ask that one question that you that you said you were going to ask, and I did. I asked him at the end. You, you basically, you said you were going to say, "Well, if this is so good, why isn't everyone doing it?" Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, and I, I was surprised that you didn't. Cause well, you, I would have asked it a different way. Yeah. I'd be like, I would not as everybody do because it takes a long time for best practices to filter through to the common man. Right. But what I would have say, said is, okay, if this is truly effective in terms of for strength training for elite athletes, it would make sense. It would, you would expect that the strength coach and conditioning coaches for the top division one football basketball programs for the Olympic training programs for the NFL teams, you know, they, they would have got through. Yeah. Key, keyed in on this. They'd have been like this. They'll is do whatever the latest it takes. Research They'll do whatever they it takes. It. They, they yeah. leave no stone unturned and they would have tried it out. And I, you know, the fact that I haven't heard of anyone doing anything like this is kind of, you know, it doesn't prove that it doesn't work, but it's an indicator. Like, is this, that doesn't <laughs> like, no, no, you know, nobody's talking about this right. anywhere. And among elite athletic training, uh, okay. people uh, anyway yeah so anyway so um do you have any uh, like tech links or any any other tech stories that you wanted to bring up well i wanted to just talk about some different things i mean i'm i mean i have some stories but um go on then so um i wanted to uh <laughs> i saw funny things i'm gonna tell a, a, a funny uh, colby story all right you might like which i think is um so um all the kids who are on uh, the math our math team who we teach the advanced math class, or we're teaching, we're actually teaching algebra too. That there's 14 kids, and they're spread among four different fifth grade classes. And we essentially got them through not only all of fifth grade math, but most of pre-algebra, basically everything before, you know, everything before algebra. And what they do in their class, in 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 all of the th three of the four classes, they have Chromebooks, and they do a lot of programs. 
you know, not like did you do like one specific things, but they use this for math, they use this for yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, especially Colby's teachers really piece together some different things. And one of the programs they use is called Front Row, and it basically just has all the topics like, you know, probability and statistics, geometry, you know, functional and algebraic thinking and functions. And it'll take it all the way topics all the way from, you know, first grade up through eighth grade. And as you, it gives, first gives you a cross the board test and finds your levels. And then you get the question get harder and harder until you complete the topic all the way through seventh or eighth grade or as high as it goes. And um, so Colby, so the Colby is at the top of his, there's five of the math team kids in there in the class. And at first he was like, he still showed his grade level was like 5.5. And I'm like, and, and it says, and two of the other kids, like Eli and David were like at 6.7 and 7.3. I'm like, Kobe, what, what are you doing? You know, like, like, let's, you know, come on, this is embarrassing, right? And so we had him take these adaptive tests. And anyway, his, his level shot to 7.6. He just had to take a, a couple adaptive tests. And so the, and then the, and we went for the parent teacher conference and the teachers, uh, Mr. Rojas says, you know, He's like, yeah, so he's almost done. So what do you want him to do? Mm. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, um, I was like, well, he's like, I have Eli and David who are level, a little behind Colby, but they're, they, they, they jumped ahead earlier cause they just did these tests they were supposed to do. And he has them doing, spending some of their time doing scratch. And I said, well, I said, he can have to do scratch sometime, I guess, but he's done a lot of programming. I don't know if he's really going to want to do much of that. I mean, he might want to do a little bit, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's a little beyond it. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look into some stuff, see what's appropriate. What, 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 what. So I went and I looked at Code Academy and I looked at Khan Academy. And I think it's between the two, which one is had, because you really need like self-contained tutorials that really go step by step and show you what to yeah. do and prove it's wrong. It really has to be sort of driven that. And it has to be, the whole, it has to be very well structured. Um, Cause he's got to do it himself. I'm not there with him. And Mr. Rojas is not a program. So it's, you know, he's got to drive himself, which is tough. He's 10, he just turned 10. So I told Colby, I was like, so Colby, this is, you know, I basically told him, I said, look, I said, since you're so now so far along, um, maybe what you can do is you can spend half your time doing front row just to get continued practicing, finish everything up through his, his eighth grade until you're just done and you can just do a little review every once in a while. But then I was looking to look into Khan Academy, Code Academy, and do JavaScript. Would you like to do that? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So then, um, so Sandy gets this, this was yesterday. I said, yeah, yeah so Friday, she goes, so she gets this update. So Sandy has this thing. It's called, I don't know if it's class, class dojo or something like thing, but it's where the teacher gives feedback on, on the students throughout the day. Like, Colby gets a thumbs up for this. Colby gets a thumbs down for this. So Colby, not walking in line correctly, gets a thumbs down, you know. <laughs> Colby, you know, talking too much in class, thumbs down. Colby, on task, thumbs up, you know. And so Sandy's getting, you know, going, you know, getting happy or sad in the day, getting like, ah, Colby got her thumbs down. <laughs> that get, sounds like a fucking nightmare. I know. As a parent, like, it's like, oh, my God. So she's just all hooks. over it because she just wants Colby to behave <laughs> and get with the program. And I'm like, he's never really going to be with the program. So I'm like, I just think it's kind of funny. I'm just like, well, I mean, it's not like he's really doing anything bad. He's just kind of being a 10-year-old boy. You know, yeah. he's going to talk sometimes. He's not going to walk in line sometimes. He's not going to whatever, follow directions sometimes. <laughs> but she just doesn't accept that, right? Mm -hmm. She is a rule follower and you, you 
you do what you're supposed to do and you're respectful to the teacher, the students, and you get A's and you turn your work on time and you don't, yeah, she's just, because that's what she was like. Right. She's doing anything like that. She doesn't get it. Okay. But how did we get here from I'm, him? I'm getting to okay, it. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting to it. So you got to give me a range. I got a room a little bit, Jess. <laughs> okay. I got a room. I know, you know, I don't like to go straight. Yeah. Line. But even for my own brain, I've got, <laughs> I like, I've got, at least I've got to kind of work it out. How, how does it all fit together? Don't worry about it. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. All right. I'll get you there. So, um, he goes, she goes, look at this. It was a spelling test. It was a spelling test for all of the states. And he just put R for all of them. The letter R. <laughs> She's like, what is this? <laughs> She's like, this is so embarrassing. We just had the parent-teacher conference yesterday. <laughs> just like, yikes, Colby. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. That's ridiculous. And so I, um, it's like Colby. Um, so Colby gets home. So Sandy goes to pick up the, the kids from school. So Colby rides his bike home. So she, he gets home first. And, you know, sometimes I walk, pick up the kids. Sometimes I don't. It's just too hot. I'm like, whatever. So I'm sitting at home. Colby comes. He's like, hey, dad, I'm home. I'm like, Colby, come here. <laughs> I'm like, so what was the deal with the spelling test? And he's like, because I, I got to warn you, your mom is on the warpath. <laughs> she's, when she gets home, she, I'm just telling you, she is not, gonna, she is not happy. And she's going to have some words for you about that. And she's like, he's like, oh, he's like, well, I just want to get through to it. So I could finish up the front row so then I could do the programming. I'm like, uh, oh, well, I guess it's a pretty good reason. <laughs> I go, look, I am glad you're excited about getting the math done so that you can do the programming. Like, that's cool. I'm glad you're that excited. But you can't, like, just totally tank this. Like, that's, like, that's not going to work. You realize everything you do gets reported back to us. Everything. And to your mom specifically, right? She has it on her. She's checking the updates on her phone all day long. Oh, my God. So, you know, because he had done just the few days earlier when we had the parent-teacher conference, she, <laughs> Mr. Rose showed up that they, they do this thing called like extra math. And it's basically like math facts, really basic stuff. Because some of the kids in the fifth grade are like at third grade math level. I mean, they're really behind. And they're doing like seven plus 13. Five times four, you know, just ridiculously easy stuff. Yeah. He missed like 90% of them. <laughs> and I mean, Dr. I mean, he's Mr. not Rose, even trying. Oh, Mr. Rose said, look, show this to us. He's like, so Colby is like doing algebra. He's almost through with the front row stuff. No problem. He's, he's obviously a very bright kid. I don't understand. <laughs> and I go, oh, I think I know what he's doing. I said, because that's worse. That's almost worse than random. I said, he's doing it out of spite because he hates doing anything view that he views as tedious yeah he just won't do it he's like i'm not redundant a, like he feels like it's a redundant and he's a born programmer or something right, right? like i'm gonna automate this i'm not doing this yeah you know so he and, I, and so we asked him about it he's like oh i just want to get done with it so i just kept hitting like the letter the number five or something like he was just like i don't care <laughs> like this is the i'm just yeah he wasn't trying right like he would do that i'm like which something sandy couldn't possibly fathom that you would having assigned homework and just completely not try and just go five 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 i'm done Bye. because what does it what does it do for me you know like <laughs> if i get this right it does nothing for me there's no point I, know, I, know. I, it, I can kind of understand his logic so funny i couldn't that's hilarious i just couldn't believe he did that but anyway, i thought it was such a funny thing that he would tank these things but anyway I, the cool thing is though i'm gonna have him start doing you know he'll do some javascript tutorials and we'll see if it works i mean i don't know it might be a lot for a 10 year old to do on his own but you know, we'll give it a shot. Well, you know what? Now I've got a kid. I've got some kid stories. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, so um, one thing that uh, I guess I probably should have realized is that having a kid is going to make me uncover lots of business opportunities. <laughs> selling a sort of diaper, selling, selling used kid clothes. Is that the new? No, but um, well, I'll tell you one thing that's really difficult with a newborn is to get them to sleep. And there's a few there's a few ways of getting to them to sleep that just never fail, mm-hmm. and that made me think of a product. Okay. So, um, well, if you if you take the baby and put the baby in the back of the car and drive somewhere, every time the baby goes to sleep. Yeah. You know you know yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah that, Did that happen yeah. with your kids? Sure. And and if you put a baby in the pram and walk walk the baby around the park every time the baby goes to sleep, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so I had this idea. Okay. okay. Now focus on me. Don't look at your iPad. I'm just looking at the next don't, don't, don't look. Don't look. Focus on me. Right, okay. So Let's talk babies. Okay. Go baby. It's a, it's a player and a simulator, okay? So you get your iPhone, right? You mm-hmm. put your iPhone in the in the pram. as you So you walk it What's around. A pram? Okay, the buggy, right? A stroller. Stroller. Okay. Okay, or the back of the car. Okay. So you put your iPhone in the back of the car. You drive right. the drive that he normally goes to sleep. And on, on the iPhone is an app that's using motion sensors to record the motion of the yeah. drive, right? Right. Then you get a pre- you get a a, a, a a cot, and that has like these four little motors that can simulate. Mm-hmm. So basically, you then play back what you just recorded in the cot, so that you put the baby in the cot and it has the exact same movements of the drive. Well, I don't think you record. I think you just record it once, like the 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 the, the simulated um whatever the simulator that the kids yeah, in but, yeah can be. Any pre-recorded drive would work. No, but but how cool would it be to like have like an app store where you could say, get you know, give me a drive through Laguna Beach, you know, or give me a stroll down Pasadena Main Street. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I like the idea. I I, I mean, I, I could kind of buy the idea of the simulator. Right. But I don't think your kid's gonna notice the difference between a, a drive through Central Park or a drive through. Like, okay, movies. that that part's for the that's yeah, part for the it. human for, for, for the for the for the adult. That's the adult sale, right? So the adult sale is they can record their favorite drive, and then the baby sale is that the baby goes in this little crib or thing that has these kind of four pneumatic motors or whatever they are, and it just mimics the thing that makes it fall asleep. Do they not have? You know how like you have those sort of uh, neck. A massagers that that kind of you can Sandy has one that you can plug in and just be like kind of rotates around and it kind of massages your neck. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something almost like that. It's just kind of kind of motors around it that are kind of moving. They don't have anything well, like we, that well, for we, cribs. We, well, we we got someone actually bought us a present of this thing called a mamaru that basically it has five settings and it just kind of rocks the baby like this, mm-hmm. you know, side to side. But it doesn't it doesn't do what real car journeys do. I mean, real car journeys are pretty aggressive. Like they kind of like jostle the baby around and that's what makes it go to sleep. So I don't know. I think that's I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. I'm not buying it. All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm not buying it. That was my idea for an app. All right. Well, good thing. It's uh... my first, first Jack story. Okay. Your first Jack story. <laughs> so, um, I got a, uh, a guy, a guy emailed me, um, wanted uh, permission to use the look surface area graphic that I created. Oh, I saw that email. Yeah, for his the book he's writing called "You Rebranded," mm-hmm. and this is the second book that it's in. The first, it's very, it's a very powerful idea. It's funny. The second book, the first book was "Running Lean," I believe. Yeah, and uh, so I'm now on two books. And actually, I think the third when I we interviewed Stripe, 
I think we're in that was in some kind of compilation of interviews with uh, Y Combinator. Oh, so I'm in a book. I think you might be. Interesting. So anyway, the Lux surface area is, uh, yeah, let's make it in the book world. Well, it, it is a very, very yeah. good, a very good saying. But I think you've cute. got you've got many more sayings to come up with. Like <laughs> you know, I, you, I, you shouldn't rest on your laurels at this stage. I'm not. I'm, I'm looking for a new saying. No, I, I don't know. I, that would just kind of popped out. You say you talk as much as I do. Something's going to come out that someone's going to. Did you say at some point um, about the Synapse chip by IBM? Did you did you mention that at the some synapse. stage? Synapse. Did you mention that? We, was that well, part of the conversation? I know, okay, well, there, there were things that precursor that, like the um, Neurogrid of Stanford um, that I had read about. I talked about that before. What but was the, the point of the Synapse chips? Is it that they're much, they're much uh, more power efficient? Or is it, is it that they're, they're mimicking more, a brain? I, th- I think they're more power efficient. I think that kind of stuff does much more what they call like probabilistic type of algorithms. So it's not exact. But so like it's just a different type of chip. It's a completely different yeah, type of chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I just I, I, because I'd, I'd written it down to ask you. I, I thought you'd mentioned it in some interview or some on some of the recent shows, and I was wondering. Yeah, just uh, yeah. so so one thing I wanted to talk about because I know I know this is probably you know people want to hear more tech from us. So here's people like this. Um, you know, I've been developing this um, mobile app for Uber. Oh, you have? Well, it's actually a mobile website, mobile web app. Huh. Okay. Never told you about that. Oh, uh, I think you may have. It's you. I think you may have privately mentioned it to me, but only on the surface. Yeah. So, um, I built this web app that allows the uh, real-time team to manage and uh, monitor all of our real-time systems. And as big as Uber is now, you can imagine that's quite a lot of systems. Um, it's a lot. I don't. Know, I think we have thirty-five, forty of these. Like, I don't know. 32 or 64 cores or whatever. How many? So HTML, JavaScript, web app? Yes. Now, of course, the first thing you do is find a good framework to build that with. So what I did, so yeah, so first I built, like I said, I built a web, a web app for this. That's, that, you know, that we're working that on and off for the past, I don't know, however many months. And the idea next was like, they want to be able to use this on their phones. because so they're like, they're away from their desk, they're away from the office what's going on with, you know, Worker 24 on New York or what's going on with the memory usage and, you know, the uh, Bangalore or whatever, you know, I mean, it's just like, cause we have all these different servers and all these different cities and regions and worker and it's, just, it's very complicated. A lot of stuff's gone, a lot of moving parts and um, things are constantly being changed. We need to track, you know, what commit on what branch is running or, you know, this, it it's, it's a lot, right? And they'd be able to move, ter- turn stuff off, take stuff down, move it around, you know. And uh, so they're like, well, can we make this run on mobile? I'm like, no, there's no way that you can make this like web grid thing run and look remotely usable on a mobile phone. It's not, you know, not going to work. This needs to be its own thing. So so I said, all right, well, yeah, I want to make it like a mobile app because it's got some of the guys have Android, some have iPhone. There's no way that. It's just easier to just build once and run everywhere. Yeah, and so I went, I looked at, I don't know, five to ten different mobile frameworks. jQuery Mobile. They, they suck. Censure. They suck. They are fat. They are clumsy. They Terrible are limited. UI. They are jerky slow. and slow. It was just like, I couldn't believe how bad they were. That's the reason why we made made our own stuff for DigiDude. So it, it feels native because... We basically paid just a crap load of attention to every interaction and uh, just made it 
field native? Yeah. So I said, all right, so I'm just doing it myself from scratch. Right. I don't use jQuery. I don't use anything. They're like I always do. I go vanilla. And, and it's like there's no download. The download is like insignificant, you know. Mm. I mean, I haven't minif- minified it and it's just... Yeah. The only thing I would say is, like, the only one thing I would say is, I, I totally agree with that approach, but I do think that using a library like jQuery, not mobile, just the, just the one that can handle, you know, the various weird differences in the DOM just means it, it, it works on more browsers. But given the fact that you're only targeting Chrome anyway, basically. Chrome and Safari. Chrome and Safari, you're fine, you know, because, exactly. yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. And I've never had a problem. Modern everything's gotten so modern these days. You don't really have to worry about that right, stuff. Right. And the stuff that I'm and, and the and the stuff where you're hitting the DOM is so generic and basic. Yeah. What's the width of an element? Now, What's are the, you are you doing doing special stuff like um, changing DOM stuff in memory, or is everything that you're doing with the DOM kind of on the screen? Why don't I explain the difference? What like you, you know, like you're kind of pre pre working and pre manipulating DOM stuff, not on screen, and then you're like adding it to the screen kind of thing. Um, everything's done in the client. Right. Everything's dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have some, I have some of the, you do download one file. There's no refreshing. There's no going to other pages. It's a single page. Um, and uh, everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 okay. Actually. So I guess I don't do this, but, you know, the, the, we're not doing this, but I, I heard this is the new cutting edge way of doing things is like you have the kind of in-memory objects and you kind of pre-render stuff in memory that's not on screen. It's just all kind of just JavaScript stuff. And then somehow that gets translated to what's on the screen. So all of the, you know, main JavaScript layout stuff is happening. It isn't happening on the screen. It's happening in memory and then applied to the screen. Oh, you mean like off screen, like double buffering kind of stuff? I get I mean, I yeah, I've never had, had to do, do any of that stuff. It's just it's not an issue. It's so fast. It's so simple. I mean, it's really just not that complicated. A little app, right? Yeah. So the problem is, well, the app isn't little. I mean, it is a lot. There are a lot of screens. It's like a full blown app. Hmm. Like you would look like you it, it, like you might look at some like Cora or something's mobile app. I mean, it is a lot of screens. So, um, but I made it so that it reuses a lot of stuff. I mean, it's very small in terms of size. How did you find it compared to developing on Titanium? Much easier. Interesting. Because I have complete control. You I don't have to work with any... I don't have to deal with anyone else's bullshit. It's just JavaScript, HTML, CSS. I'm not going to deal with anyone else's framework. I'm not doing anyone else's paradigms and their limitations. It's like, because all the things that these frameworks are giving you, it's like, so you're giving me a bunch of pre-rendered components that look like shit. Is what you're giving me. You're How giving you me a nav bar the... that looks like crap. You're giving me stuff that just looks like iPhone. Doesn't even, it doesn't even look like a flat, cool type of look that might look kind of cool on Android and look cool on I, an iPhone and look kind of, you know. Cut. How did you deal with the, um, like, when the user clicks the button? You know how, like, by, by default, a link or whatever has, like, this 300 millisecond delay? I don't do links. So everything is, you're just, you're just doing on, on-touch events? On-touch. Okay, fine. Oh, how do you deal with something like a scroll then? How do you because because if you're if you're going for the on touch event, it basically will stop the scroll from working. I haven't seen that happen on mine. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, I've been testing it out. It works just like a you know everything scrolling along lists. Nice. Stuff. Have okay. inf- infinite scroll stuff, so it kind of reloads and. You know, and it does like the slide in and slide out. And there's no like this jerky half. It's another great thing. app that you're building that no one's going to be able to see. 
I keep on saying you need to like build some apps that people can see. Why? I don't know. Just so that we can talk about it and then people can see it. I don't know. You have to use your <laughs> just use your imaginations. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, but uh, anyway, I've had a lot of fun building it. Okay, and I would. There were just like a few lines of HTML that you needed in the header and to make it so that it would look, you know, and but, you know, there's like 10 lines of cut and paste and everything else. Like, I don't understand what you need the framework for the CSS. The CSS, I mean, just use your own CSS and make it look however you want, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I custom, you know, I use JavaScript to custom size it based on the width and height of, of the window. Right, and, right. You know, um, and... Uh, What, why are you stopping talking? The, the baby's crying, kind of. We can cut that out. You won't. You won't hear it anyway. These okay. mics don't, don't okay. pick up that. So, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap up. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So um. Uh, anyway, I just I just found, I just found it pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, I have like you make your API calls. You know, I have a, I have you know I have the way of doing things where I have like my own sort of pseudo frame. Not really a framework, just sort of patterns. I have my global events, and then right. I have to subscribe to an event like this happen, and then okay, you're going to hide yourself, you're going to show yourself, and then I have like some basic animation objects I use to slide things in and slide things down and fade things out, and you know all this works. It's like not a lot, not very many lines of code. It works great. It's super fast, and it's like I don't understand why you have to use all these frameworks. I just don't I don't understand what people are getting from these frameworks that. Well, what they're getting from is that they just come from the generation where they didn't build that stuff from scratch. So they're they're just not familiar. Like you and I have a very deep understanding of of building UI. And there's so many problems that we've already dealt with. Like it's almost like background processing. Mm -hmm. So when we put a div on a screen, we already know not to do like a hundred things. We already know the one thing that's right. Mm-hmm. It's like that analogy that for success, like we know what the success is to make that feel feel good. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why they can't do it because they just haven't gone through that pain that we've gone through. Yeah. So, well, anyway, it's um, it's a lot of fun. So I I don't know. Um, I I, <laughs> I, I you know so my recommendation for anybody who's going to build a mobile app is you know if if there's a framework you like then go for it, but don't be afraid to just go raw. And um, and just build something and test it out on Android, like I. But you need to test it out. You need to have an Android and iPhone and test them out because yeah, exactly you need to test things, it out side by side. Sandy has it's an, weird. You know, Sandy has an S four, whatever mm-hmm. Samsung S four, and then I have an iPhone five S. So they're kind of mid range. Well, they're getting to be mid. iPhone five S is getting to be mid range, you know. And it, you know, and the thing is, Chrome has an emulator, so you can emulate all these things in your browser. Have you tried that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. That's pretty slick. So. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have any uh, any specific technical things to say about it because it's actually kind of straightforward, really. I mean, and it's no, it's all just try back end. So we are going to have to wrap up the show now uh, because Jack uh, is uh, up and about. Um, but so I, just before we go, I just want to remind people that we do have the Texting Summit, and if you are interested in coming, uh, go to textinglive.com forward slash summit. We would very much welcome some. Uh, well, I don't know, dude. We're we're. I don't think we can take anyone else because we don't have any space at these places. Oh, really? Unless uh-huh. if unless you happen to hear this and you're dying to come, but you know these reservations for like eighteen, like we're barely going to fit eighteen. Like you can't just have like four people to show up. All right. Well, just screw thing up. I guess you can't come. Sorry about that. Uh, well, no, I had. Six no, you know, I, I know what it. happened right now. When we said you can't come, like if if I was a listener, that would make me go fuck that. I can't come. I can't. 
Because you just think like, oh, I want to do it now that I've been told I can't do it. I bet you we get a lot of inquiries about it now. No, I don't think so. All right. I think, well, I think, um, you know, I was surprised. I thought we heard I might have more of a surge towards the end, but we just really haven't talked about it that much. We literally have not spoken about it once. So that's why I think we may have some, some more people. But, you know, it's, you know, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> because, like, I made reservations <laughs> all these places, and like, literally a lot of them had maxed out, like, we could fit, like, 18, and that was it. Like, there were, you really can't get a, an area for yourself. You know? <laughs> what? You. You're funny. Yeah, I mean, we know these logistics, man. It's too late. No one else can come. Well, it's logistics. It's it's, well, there's a reason why. No one can come. Logistics. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you've never had to organize anything in your life, so you don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, it's like, if, any one of these conferences, they don't just say anyone can come to the end. They, they have a limit because right. food, uh, seating, everything depends on how many people you have. Okay. Right? And so... I knew I was all right. We have roughly this many people. I went into the restaurants and said, "All right, well, how of the restaurants I went to, where can we fit?" And it was tough to find a place we could get eighteen. If we had twelve or fourteen, it'd been easier. But you know, went around too much. Of- so even going higher is just going to make it like a nightmare. Like we would be screwed. No, you just can't. I mean, it's yeah. like well, you can't sit with us because like they're literally like a separate whole area where we got eighteen spots. So you'll be you'll be in the room next door. You, right, you can like, overhear the texting stuff. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. It's just yeah. So All right, that's okay. it. Well, so uh, that's it. Yep, that's a wrap. We're out. Nice. <laughs> nice.